Kev, I've got an email. I'm slightly concerned. I must admit, this one, this one must have passed by me because I was when when we mentioned when you mentioned it on the show, I honestly didn't think that this was going on. Robin Grierson has written in. Neil, just a word to the wise. I'm a bit worried about that Mullins chap you hang around with. I think sadly his family has gone feral. Um, perhaps being on what sounds like a ranch in the middle of nowhere for an entire summer each year has returned the Mullins clan to a state of survival of the fittest. They've become hunter-gatherers with a little too much emphasis on the hunting for my liking. I most definitely heard on last week's episode Kevin suggests the kids were being packed off to hunt cicada. I had no idea, of course, that the Grammy Award-winning Cuban singer who sang Just Another Day had actually moved to Spain. Last I checked on Wikipedia, John Cicada was in Florida and writing songs for people like Ricky Martin. Perhaps it's the fact that Cicada's written songs for people like Ricky Martin that Mullins finds so offensive and therefore feels appropriate that his kids should be dispatched off to hunt Cicada down and finish him off in a jam jar. So if you get a chance, quiz him on this, as you never know who'll be next to be captured and kept in a jam jar in the outermost forgotten reaches of Espana. For the moment, I demand Cicada's return to his rightful place, writing songs for 80s legends like Gloria Estefan. See, I missed that, Kev. What is going on? Uh, honestly, you know what? Right now, I'd rather I quite happily catch the kids and stick them in as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the last week of our show from well, with you in Spain and me and Blighty again, and and already you want to come home <laughs> and you still no, I don't. You still it's been good. Week. It's just um, we've got some guests here right now and everything, and it's it's uh, it's a little bit the, um, carnage. Well, it's, carnage. It's, it's, carnage is yeah. It's probably a good word. Let's just say things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> it's changed. But it's fine. All it's right. fine. We caught a, um, or I saved a um, beautiful chameleon. I saw that. Day. I know you are. Yeah. You, you get the Attenborough Award of the Week in the FujiCast. So anyway, let me let me click the uh, the FujiCast uh, theme here. The FujiCast Spanish theme for the last week, and then next week you're back in Blighty with us in the studio as per normal. I can hear the kids in the background, by the way, screaming. Mm-hmm. What, yep, screaming is the right word. What yeah. are they doing? Uh, at screaming. I've sent um, everybody down to the pool, including uh, Grandad, Nanny, the four kids we've got here, Gemma. They're all down at the pool right now. And, uh, <laughs> They're not allowed I, up in the next I half lock, hour. I've locked myself in the house, closed all the windows, tried to keep the sound as quiet as possible. Yeah. But it's a, You still a, sound like you're in a bathroom, a Spanish bathroom. A, yeah. yeah, that's the room. That's the room. This yeah. is the room I'm in. But, but yeah. You can, uh, yeah, apologise for the noise. Don't worry, no, it's it's all part of it. We said that the well, while you were in Spain and uh, I was back in the UK, that anything goes on the podcast, and uh, they sound like they're encroaching on the house. Perhaps they're going to burst in with their jam jars. Who knows? So I did see that chameleon you caught, by the way. Yeah, as, as you mentioned it, he was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. and he did. I I'd never seen a chameleon in, in the wild before, so I saved him, pulled him out of the swimming pool. Uh, How did you handle him? I mean, a chameleon. A, 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 do chameleons bite? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I, I used a net, so I got met with a net, and uh, a net as in a pool net, not a person called a net. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody here called a net. No. Um, so the pool net pulled him out. Um, he looked a little bit docile for a bit. Then he dried out because obviously they need water as well, but yeah. not pool water with chlorine and stuff in it. What was he doing? And Just swimming around in it? He was trapped in it, was he? No, he was he was under the eaves actually. I didn't notice him. Um and I was I was doing my daily routine of cleaning the pool and uh I saw this little tail in the back of my like in my peripheral vision, this swish of a tail. And initially I thought, oh I wonder what that could be a rat or something. Not that they have rats here. So um I stuck my my little net underneath the, the eave of the pool, the lip of the pool if you like. And in plopped this chameleon and started thrashing around, obviously. So I pulled him out. Um, we dried him out a little bit. And then he just plodded off and climbed up the fence and disappeared. And, and, and he changed colour in front of our faces. No way. Face. What colour? Yeah. Well, he went from kind of the sandy grey that, that of the stonework that's around the pool that we put him on. And yeah. then he climbed up onto the fence and, and kind of changed into the colour of the trees that were behind him. That's amazing. amazing. And you saw that before your very eyes. Yeah, and the kids saw it as well, which is great. So, I thought you were going to say yeah. he turned from vivid to chrome or classic chrome or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it's all karma, isn't it? Isn't it karma? Yeah, karma. karma. It's all karma, karma, karma chameleon. Well, yeah. uh, um, right, yeah. so questions. Let's get on with it so you can get back out to the pool. The last week of doing this with you in Spain and me here. Next week you're back in the studio and everything returns. Well, normal for a couple of weeks. And then, of course, we're... Um, 
we're in uh, in Brighton. Mm, and yeah. uh, we'll be Sounds doing like the, the show. A lot of people come in. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I did put that post up, and um, I, I can't quite... Uh, is it 20? Is it 25? Is it 30? I'm trying to tell the, the venue, which I'm deciding upon at the moment, where we're going to record the, the podcast part of it, how many people are going. <laughs> I just don't know is the answer. <laughs> yeah, and I, I actually guess there's going to be a lot of people who have not actually even been on the Facebook group. Yeah who have just heard us talk about it on the podcast, who might just turn up as well. So yeah. I suspect it could be more than, than we're thinking about. Well, it's Tuesday the 10th of September, um, and we're meeting at 11 o'clock at the entrance to the, the pier from where we intend to go and record the podcast. And that's it. That's that's all the details you need. If you want to hang around for the whole day, you, you, you're more than welcome. We'll no doubt go on some kind of photo walk. Hopefully it won't be raining. And yeah. then we're What's going... What's rain? What's rain? What's rain? Uh, yeah, can, can, exactly. Yeah, you, you, won't, you won't even yeah. know what it is. And then in the evening, we'll go for a couple of beers and then a huge curry. The curry house won't know what's hit it, I'm sure. I noticed Looking that um, Nick Turpin turned up a bit early, though, didn't he? Uh, yes, he did. Um, he, t- he turned but, up, but on- I think he'd won on the races, so that was that was all good. <laughs> it was all right. I did hear uh, from him just, he- just a month early. <laughs> he is coming, and hopefully, he'll be one of the guests on the uh, on the podcast. If you don't know Nick's work, you should go and check out his street photography. Right, let's get straight on with questions. You're going to go first, or me? Uh, you go first. Go okay. On. David Hollenbach. Hi, gents. I've been greatly enjoying your podcast. Thanks so much for the time and effort you put into it. I'm not a pro wedding photographer, but when I go to weddings, I always shoot. I'd strive to stay out the way of the paid tog and to shoot images I don't generally expect they'll be making. This question's for Kevin primarily. I know that you don't do post-family shots at weddings, but you do make an effort to capture images of many, or do you make an effort to capture images of many or most or all of the family members? If so, how do you find out who they are and which ones um, to to work um, to, including images of the event? I don't think you do that, though, do you? I mean, that's almost impossible, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you work in pretty much the same style as me as well. So, you know, the question's really apt for both of us, I guess. But personally, for me... Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I don't guarantee that I will take a picture of everybody. Otherwise, you just become a, a headshot photographer. I don't really ask for details of who's who. I kind of figure it out on the day. You know, the people who sit at the front of the ceremony, the people on the top table, the people who are hanging around the bride and groom the most, they typically are the, the closest people to them in terms of family. And so I just concentrate on that. And you figure it out. It's very easy. It's very, very easy to figure it out. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, you can normally t- t- tell by the, the front few pews in church or, or if it's um, a civil ceremony, can't you? Who's going to be the most yeah. important people? They're the ones that are, the, that are right, right up front. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people put a lot of stress on themselves with this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I, we've said it before, you know, it's wedding photography, not brain surgery. So it's it's... You know, it's a case of doing your best and doing what you're employed to do. So if you're employed to take lots and lots of group shots, then absolutely do all those things. If you're not employed to do those things, then, you know, you don't have the remit really to, in, to be worrying about it. No. Um, and, you know, there's still a lot of hang up, I think, from the old days. I say the old days, like the 80s and 70s, where wedding photography, especially people who are kind of new to the industry, who who seem to think that wedding photography has to be a certain way, even though they might want to shoot in a documentary style or they might want to shoot in a very formal style, whatever. But they think, well, you know, I must get a picture of the bride with her dad as, he, as, as they leave the house in the morning, and I must get a picture of the bride with her dad as they get out of the car at the church, and I must get a picture of the, the bride and the dad, you know, when, they, when they're walking down the aisle, et cetera, et cetera. And, and actually, you know, you don't, you don't need to be pegged to those rules. There shouldn't be any rules. It should be about delivering the images to the style that you've been briefed to, to do it. And, uh, you know, I know there's a, there's a friend of mine back in Wales who just really kind of refuses to get that. And, you know, he, he kind of says to me, well, you know, it's really important that you must get all of these, you know, these, these very traditional shots and, and, you know, and then do the documentary stuff. And I'm like, actually, it's not because, you know, if you want to do that, then fine. But it's not that important because you're going to get the natural shots throughout the day and tell the true story of the day. The moment you start um, putting uh, shackles around your ankles in terms of what you have to get, then that just adds stress to yourself. And, and, you know, you you get yourself into a bit of a taste. With with a glint in my my eye and a kind of private joke between the two of us, 
Um, you'll understand this when I ask you this question. What 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 do you do when somebody does send you a list, and it's it's almost like the classic list that's been supplied virtue of um, um, reading something in a wedding magazine, for example. You, I've I've mm. had them. I know you've had them. How, how mm. do you? I mean, I, personally myself, I I write back and say, look, yeah, you know, I'll probably get all these, but. But some some of them I may not. But but if you want me to work off a spreadsheet, then my my eyes won't be employed. Um, yeah. I how do you handle that? Yeah, very similar. I had I had a similar thing this year, and uh, you know I, I emailed back and said very exactly this, those words. Pretty much, I just said, look, you know, you you've employed me eighteen months ago. You booked me, and you you know you're perfectly aware of the style. And uh, you know, it was the typical thing. A mum of the bride had suddenly got involved at the end and and you're like we need all of these pictures and so the bride just passed them on to me and I, I essentially just said to her look you know what I'll do those I'll never not do them if you want me to do 45 group shots I'll do them but they won't be very good and you will not get any of the style of pictures that you employed me for it's entirely up to you 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 know you decide um and then of course she came back and was like no you're absolutely right yeah. I spoke to my mum yeah I, I just think guiding them back on on track really is a thing to do, isn't it? With that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I don't think it's a case of being, uh, I don't know what the word is, egotistical or, or you know, or, or even demanding. You know, mm. like I say, I'll never say no, but it's it's a case of being honest. And you know, you don't go into a Chinese restaurant and ask for a curry, do you? Simple no. as that. No. Well, I know some friends that do. Actually, well, yeah. <laughs> actually, I went. I want egg and chips. Thing. I don't want anything else. I want egg and chips. <laughs> I went for a Chinese meal in Italy once. Don't ask me why. It was a rugby tour. So we ended up in a Chinese, meal, Chinese, in a Chinese restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. And it was literally tagliatelle with Chinese sauce on it. <laughs> but serves you right. Go on, your yeah. question. Your turn. Okay. So um, I've got actually quite a similar question here from uh, Chris in Glasgow. It says, uh, Dear, uh, Kevin and Neil, thanks for a consistently wonderful photography podcast, etc., etc. Uh, I'm attending a friend's wedding in August, and a couple have asked me to take some pictures while I'm there. They have hired a professional photographer, but they know I'm a keen amateur photographer. And the way they see it, the more decent photos, the better. Usually as a wedding guest, I'll leave my camera at home, but having been asked, I'm happy to oblige. It goes without saying that I'll, start at, I'll stay out of the way of the professional's uh, working environment and my thinking is that I can make myself most useful by taking candid documentary style photos at the reception of people mingling and the dancing. Now my main concern is equipment. I'm fairly comfortable using bounce flash but as a guest I would prefer to keep a low profile mm. using only natural light. Mm. For this reason I assume I'll, I'll, be, I'll be best leaving my slow zoom lenses at home and bringing only primes. I have Fujifilm 16 at 1.4, 35f2 as well as a vintage Tukumar 55mm f1.8. Perhaps I could cover a useful range by switching between the 16 and 35. Or maybe given that I'm only bringing one camera body, I'd better off sticking to one lens and concentrate on that focal length. If so, which one of my lenses would be the most useful? Should I rent a 35 f2 or a 1.4? Alternatively, I have a Fujifilm X70, which would be very discreet, but perhaps a little slower and restrictive. Any advice you can mm. offer would be greatly can, received. Can I just say, before you answer this question, Kev, um, how, or, or can I ask perhaps? How do you feel about guests with? I don't mind. No, I don't mind guests with cameras. I don't mind guests with. We've talked about this before, uh, with iPhones, smartphones, whatever. And, and you know, great. More than more than merry. We live in a photographic world and very you know picture literate world these days. And people want to use their their um, their gadgets to take pictures. Fine. But when somebody's there actually, and you look at them at the corner of your eye, and think, what what, are, what are you what what's your game? What are you? What are you doing? Why? Um, why are you taking all these pictures? Um, how? I'm just throwing this in there because I know that photographers can sometimes feel like this. It does put you slightly on edge, doesn't it? No, no. not me. Honestly, no. it doesn't at all. I just, as long as they don't get in my way, I just I'm, think, why not? I'm know? not talking about or, feeling threatened. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this kind of like constantly. You know, they're, they're in your peripheral. <laughs> You're thinking, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean... Perhaps I'm playing devil's advocate a bit here, but I'm throwing this in because I know some photographers do feel like that. Yeah, I know, I get it. And, uh, you know, it's happened, but I, again, it's, it goes down to that stress level. You can choose to be stressed by things or you can choose not to. And, you know, as long as they're not... Uh, and you're right, it happens. As long as they're not bothering me so much, then then I'm more than happy for them to do it. You know, it's the way I see it is, you know, we live in this world. Cameras are cheaper. It's good that people are buying cameras and not, you know, using their phones all the time. And if they're interested in photography, as I was and you were, then 
then, you know, to them, they don't think they're doing anything wrong. It's not like they're getting up in the morning and thinking, right, I'm going to go and, you know, I'm going to go and have these pictures and, and you know, get in the way of the photographer and everything. They probably think, wake up in the morning and think, great, I've now got some, something I can really get my teeth into using this camera. And, and that's a good thing, I think. You know, I don't think that it's necessarily a negative thing. No. It's very different, of course, if you're setting up shots and they're shooting them over your shoulder and, you know, that kind of thing. Then then I totally get that. That's definitely something that would annoy me. Um, but because I don't really do any setting up shots, I don't. There's not, not <laughs> so much. No, no. Um, I had a wedding a couple of months ago, back in June, I think it was. And uh, it was quite a high-end wedding. And the, the morning of the wedding, during bridal prep, the bride said, oh, you know, we know you don't do any of the um, – or." we don't want any of the formal stuff from you. So if you don't mind, a friend of my mum's uh, is a, you know, is quite a decent photographer and she's going to bring her yeah. camera and she's, she might just go around taking a few headshots here and there. I was like, yeah, great. Absolutely. Do, do whatever you want. Um, and in, <laughs> what that lady did was every single person that entered the church, she, she stopped them and took a headshot of them. Um, and it didn't bother me at all in any way, shape or form because they would, you know, she'd probably spoke to the bride. The bride's getting what she wanted. I was getting what I wanted. The lady wasn't getting in my way at all. She was very pleasant. I spoke to her. And, you know, it's just that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like, you know, I go to the beach here and they have, um, you can hire, what do you call it, pedlos, you know, those, those big yellow yeah, things yeah. with slides on the back and everything. And do those people get pissed off or annoyed when we turn up with our little inflatable dinghy? And well, actually, it's it's a uh, it's a duck. <laughs> it's an inflatable duck. Um, do we get? Do they get annoyed because somebody else has brought something else to the That's water? That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I tell you what, this is the sound of me getting back in my box. <laughs> No, but I, I mean, point taken. I just think it's, you know, a, a, we, myself included, well, God, you know me. I, I put as much stress in front of me as possible, but, it, you know, you, you can just do as little stress as possible. It's a good thing. With me back in my box then, how do we answer this question? Well, I mean, back to the question. <laughs> Sorry, Chris and Glasgow, we tend to go off on these. <laughs> these uh, deviant We went on a journey, including, I, including I, talking about your, your duck, which is very strange. Yeah, that's right. Um, I would just go 35 F2. Go with what you've got. Don't bother. You're a guest. Don't bother renting things or anything like that. Just just enjoy it. You know, go 35 F2. I think if you go 16, it's probably a little bit too wide, which means you're probably getting a bit too close, and then perhaps you will encroach on the, the professional photographer. Definitely don't be going over his shoulders and, you know, do something different to what he's doing. Uh, include him, remember. You know, include him in the pictures because mm. he's part of the day. We never get in the pictures. I'm not in any pictures. Never, not family pictures, nothing. Don't <laughs> really. Don't don't you ever find that people uh, during the day will say, "Got one of the photographer, got ya, got ya, I've got you no. again." Then you I get did, all that. I did have that time when uh, I think I've talked about this when Leona Lewis took a selfie of me <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> she she was a guest at the wedding, and I had no idea, of course. So she so she took a selfie. Yeah, you'd have no. It was idea. a Snapchat sel- selfie, so I had some like um, button ears or something like that. Uh, yeah. And then afterwards, the group said. She was so chuffed that you didn't bother her. And I was like, who? <laughs> no who? idea who I she was is. like, you know who? Unless the woman you had your photo taken with. Unless she's oh. a country artist, I've got no idea. Yeah, Has she ever sung Galveston? Know. Then I'd know her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, 35 F2, that's what I would do, you know, and, and enjoy it. Remember, you're a guest as well. But, um, or, or, you know, you've got the X70. So 35 F2, X70 in your back pocket, just in case you do want a little bit wider stuff. That's 18 and a half mil. Yeah, that's it. That's Perfect. what I would do. Perfect. Right, one more question. Then we'll um, hear from some Fujicast friends. And I also want to talk about ex-weddings because something has happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. So we do need to talk about that. Uh, hi, Kevin and Neil. My name is Joey Barr. I'm from Great Bend, Ka- uh, Kansas, basically in the centre of the States. I have listened to every episode, love the podcast, how it keeps evolving. I can't wait to see where it goes next. I remember Kevin saying something about photo mechanic not recognising favourites from a Fujifilm camera. There is a way to get PM to see a selection from a camera to help speed up culling instead of favouriting a photo, protect it. Now, what I thought, there's there's two parts to this, Kev. I thought I was, I'd take his, his suggestions here and I'm going to post these into the Facebook group so that people yep. can see, because it's quite a long answer and I just thought it'd be really handy. People could see it in the Facebook group. If you're not in the Fujifilm, Fuji, Fujifilm, Fujicast Facebook group, then you need to get in there to see Joey Barr's um, answer to that question. But he does have, does have an actual question. 
when you're shooting a wedding or anything else in documentary nature for, for that matter, what do you set your shutter button speed at? I mean, do you use single image per press of the shutter button, a continuous low or continuous high? I do realise that in some situations, like a, a wedding exit, confetti throw will require high. What's your go-to speed setting for the shutter button? Thanks for the wonderful show and the information you provide. Thank you, Joey Barr. So what do you use, Kev? Well, I just use back button focusing, single shot. So I, I'll focus once and then shoot as many times as I feel I need to. Um, I much prefer that over continuous shooting. However, I do use continuous for uh, things like Joey said, the um, confetti, um, walking up the aisle, that kind of stuff. And I put that in continuous high. Uh, that's it, really. But other than that, it's back button focus. And, you know, the good thing about that, obviously, is you can, if you feel like you've got shot in two pictures or three pictures, then, you know, you don't, the camera's not, constantly taking um, shed loads of images and typically you don't come back with you know 20,000 pictures I think that with the mirrorless stuff I, I you know we you and I are in a Facebook group private Facebook group with some friends and um, uh, there's a photographer on there a very good photographer who's just switched from DSLRs to uh, Nikon DSLRs to the Nikon um, whatever it's called ZR the, the mirrorless thing there yeah and and he said uh, that you know, he's taken so many more pictures, so many more pictures. And the reason I think is true for all of us, not not just, you, you know, I include myself in this, is that because you can see through the viewfinder what you're getting, you you end up shooting more because, you you know, you don't, you're not chimping so much because there's no need to chimp because you can see it in the viewfinder. And, you know, you, you're just what you're watching. It's like watching a movie in front of you and you're taking these shots when you think is appropriate rather than, uh, you know, kind of that, that initial get the moment and kind of, you know, wonder if you've got it or not and then check your settings and all that kind of stuff. So I definitely think mirrorless is is a a symptom of mirrorless is is shooting a lot more. Um, things like continuous shooting. I mean, cripes, the X-T3 with the, if you put it in sport mode, um, I, I don't know, it shoots something like 30 frames per second. Mm. It's it's crazy, absolutely crazy. I mean, it's got its it's got its usage, of course, but I would put that down as you know, it's called sport mode for a reason. Mm. Um, mm. It's not called wedding mode, uh, you know. And if you're shooting 30 frames per second constantly at a wedding, you're going to end up with a lot, of a pictures. lot of culling. Yeah, yeah, a what lot a, of culling. What, and personally, what, I don't think you'll you'll get the the same artistic feel at a wedding. What What about when you're? We we talked about this um, the, the the other day. Funnily enough, when I was doing some an inverted commas street photography in in Croatia, my, my little holiday that I've had in the middle of all this, and um, we were talking about your shutter speed for when you're when you're working on the street. Now your setup mm. um, probably worth just running through very quickly how. It's a sunny. Let, let's treat it as a sunny. It's a bright day. Yeah, it does depend on. Depends a lot on the light. It depends a lot on the the camera. So I think you were using the X one hundred f. So I would be. You no, know, if it's a bright sunny day, I'll probably be doing f eight, ISO two hundred, maybe four hundred. Um, Pre focus into well, whatever your comfort zone is two two meters, three meters away from you, maybe closer. When I'm in Tokyo, when it's bustling about, I'm fo- I'm pre focusing or manually focusing around about half a meter away from me. Oh, wow. So um, very close. You know, yeah. And, and it just stands still. The closer you are, the more you're going to have to stand yeah, still and, yeah. and wait for things. Um, but yeah, F8, F5.6, F8, on a, on a wide-ish lens like that, 23 mil, which is 35 mil equivalent, on the X70, for example, of course, it's pretty much everything's going to be in focus because it's wider. Um, yeah, and just, just click, press when you feel like it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just well, just it, press. <laughs> it's a system that works. I'm sure Nick, Nick works. actually, Nick Turpin, um, may well share a little bit more of, of the way he works. Um, in, in yeah. when, when he, well, I keep saying this, he's going to be at the uh, the Brighton meetup. Hopefully, he still will be. But I'm, I'm sure we'll all have yeah. a chat about that sort of stuff anyway. Right? Let's yeah. meet, let's let's meet some um, Fujicast friends now. We've been doing this for well the last couple of weeks. This is the last week of doing this for well this uh, series of them anyway. I think it's quite a nice idea. We should we should do this again sometime. Thank you for joining in with this feature. We've got four more Fujicast friends this week where we get a chance to hear about you, 
what kind of photography you're into. Um, and we'll start, I think, with Emily. Is it Emily Rainier or Renier or Renier? Or because I've seen your name so many times now, Emily, and I think we've said it so many different ways as well. You know what? I'm I'm happy to t- for you to take the lead on that. Just you know, Renier is how I say it, but I'm happy for anyone to call me anyway. So it sounds very very French. Do you have a French background at all? Or yeah, Belgian? You're um, Belgian. Yeah. Sorry, that was uh, yeah. Should never say that to a Belgian person. They're French. You I'm should. Not, never, I don't get like, offended. Aus- I'm I'm quite happy about that. Bit, well, I was thought it was a bit like saying you're Australian they're saying I'm from New Zealand thank you very much you know the other way, and the other yeah. way around so, I don't mind I'm fine so a Belgian background yeah so yeah, yeah. did you grow up in Belgium or the UK um I grew up in Belgium till the age of 15 and then I moved to the south of Spain for five years and then I moved to England uh, to do my uh, university degree when I was uh, 19 and you stayed and you stayed in England and I stayed in England yes oh, that's okay. it and, and so tell me about your business that that's what we're trying we're trying to find out a little bit about each of the the um, the listeners that we hear from so whatever answer is going to make kevin laugh out loud because a few months ago when he started mentoring me i said listen all i'm interested in is just getting better at my craft it doesn't matter if it turns into a business or not i'm just you know interested in, in the photography craft itself and then yeah it's kind of evolved into a business um anyway because i've i've just had uh commissions here and there and, and i've just loved the experience and the learning journey and and the combination of the two so but that's amazing then so this is organically you've organically developed a business out of not really knowing whether you're going to or not yeah that's right i mean i'm in a really lucky position that you know financially um i've got another job on on the line so that keeps me going you know sort of uh yeah it just keeps me ticking along and and yeah, I mean it's yeah organic process. That's the way to describe it. Really. So, so what do you shoot then? What what's 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 the business? Uh, it's well, it's aspiring because you know I'm, I've yeah. got a long way to go and I'm learning still quite a, quite a lot. But I'm inspiring to be a family and wedding photojournalist. So so weddings and portraits. So the real social um, social documentary, if you like. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. Um, absolutely. I basically went to see Kevin at uh, the photography show in Birmingham. Like, a- oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> He's not, yeah. here, he's not here for it this actually, bit. I was, I was ready to walk out because I wasn't impressed with his thing. And not, not his, his thing, but then I realised that he was on. And so I went, oh, that, that might be interesting because it's documentary. I hadn't really heard of the style. You know, oh, I, I get you. I thought, I thought you meant you were ready to walk out of Kevin's talk. Oh, no, 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 no. Bless him. No, no way. So I just walked into his session and, and it was completely packed. I was like on the side yeah, yeah. and I just listened to him and I just, oh my God, that was it. I was, you know, I was in tears. I mean, you know, I was, I was just completely blown away by the style and it gave me sort of validation for, for my photography and for how I feel towards that sort of partnership between your subject and, and your lens. And yeah, it just, it just blew me away. So that was it really. So the start of, start of a journey for you, it's all Kev's fault. Everything's always yeah, Kev's yeah, fault. Yeah, I see. Yeah, it's all his fault. <laughs> it's all Kev's fault. Right, you probably know the score. You've been listening to this now for, for the last couple of weeks um, while we've been doing these holiday specials. Um, let's have a random question. Most precious shoot you've ever done? Well, that might be early days, actually, this question. But the most important shoot you've done so far, do you think? Something that um, may have may have be the sort of the launch pad or something where you think, oh, if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't know this. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't so long ago. I did an event uh, shoot for the um, a company uh, that is really close to my heart called Chilton Music Therapy. It's a non-for-profit. And uh, basically, they have this kind of family day of a year where they, they basically invite all of their 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 clients so that their, their patients if you like um and all of the musicians and the music therapists that work with them come in on that day there's barbecue there's musicians playing there's all sorts of workshops going on and it's an extremely powerful experience because it basically brings a whole community together and so at that point you're shooting but i'm quite an emotional person i really wear my heart on my sleeve so i it was it was just an emotional experience and being able to kind of capture that and create that story of community and and the impact that music therapists can have on on their community was just absolutely out of this oh, world well, it really blew me away amazing and they're, they're the sort of gigs they're the sort of days where, where you take them with you forever in your photographic journey i think yeah, yeah. Even, absolutely even, it's even kind 10, of that, that's what makes you tick really yeah 10 15 years later emily you'll still be talking about that day (laughs) i think so yes i will be yeah definitely nice to talk to you thank you emily you're very welcome neil and thank you for asking me next up we have john middleton hello john hello right where 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 are you from 
What part I'm of you? I'm from Liverpool. A red or a blue? I'm a red. Ah, that's the right one, isn't it, at the moment? Well, there you go. I'm, I don't sound too miserable, do I? <laughs> no, not at all. So yeah, what, what were you like on the night of the final? Um, like a massive nervous wreck. Were you? Um, I, was, um, I actually got a notification off my Apple Watch to say, are you okay? Because I was sitting still, but my heart rate was up in the upper 140s. Oh, my word. So <laughs> I had to withdraw myself from the room a little time. To yeah. Question is, can they do it this year? Champions League's nice. But I really want the league. God, listen to you. Champions League, nice, but I'd like to have the league. <laughs> I, you know, I come from the time when we used to win the league every other year. Yeah, so. Joe, I, I remember that at school, and and it was it was just you know you expected to see Liverpool at the top every single time, didn't you? Yeah, that's it. We we used to win something every year, at least maybe two things, and it was just normal. Who was your favourite player in in that period? So are, are we talking? 80s or are we talking late 70s? Late 70s to early 80s okay. is, my, is my peak. All right. Uh, favourite player? Yeah. Mm, that's tough. If you had a red shirt at that time, who would you have had as a... Uh, they didn't have names on the back then, did they? But, no, but if, if you would have had a name on the back, who would, have, who would it, it have been? When I was a child, my two favourite players were Steve Highway yep. and Ray Kennedy. So was Ray, Ray, Ray Kennedy was prior to the Sooness time, wasn't he? Or was it about the Ray- same? Ray Kennedy was 1974 to 1983. So there was crossover. Yeah. Well, good luck this season. Uh, Thank you. Ex- exciting time. So, what sort of photography? I'm um, sorry, we got rather caught on the football <laughs> chat there. So, for all our friends in America, some of do you know what? There's a huge following uh, for uh, for an FC in 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 America, isn't there? Huge. It's massive and it's growing and it's growing right across the world as well. Yeah. But probably one of the most supported teams in the world. Yeah. Um. Right. Photos. Let's talk. Let's talk photos. Um, what What's your genre? What do you like photographing? Well, it's actually linked to what we've just been talking about. Um, I do sports and music. Okay. Are you lucky enough to have an accreditation so you can? Uh, get... I have an accreditation to a local um, semi-professional team. Okay. I'm actually going to photograph there tomorrow. Right. Okay. Uh, it's called Prescott Cables. That's a football team. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm their club photographer. Oh, superb. So do you do all the um, group shots and things like that as well? Yeah, well, I'm actually talking to the general secretary tomorrow to do the headshots for the season. Uh, And you said there was another sport as well? Football's primarily my main driver. However, I do enjoy doing wrestling and boxing as well. See, that now that's another one of my passions. Although my passion, I don't know, do you remember this, John? The wrestling of uh, the Big Daddy period and Giant Haystacks. (laughs) Don't call Steve Austin. Yes, yes. I remember Saturday afternoons, my dad would always say, you know it's all made up, don't you, son? It's, you know it's all made up. Say, no, it's not, Dad. No, it's not. Dickie <laughs> Davis on Will Dickie Davis, yeah. Myself and my grandmum used to sit and watch that. We were absolutely glued. All women all around the ring, didn't they? And they were kind of all giving it loads. <laughs> I'm not sure how politically correct it was. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> but, but oh, you just you just brought back a lovely memory for me. So you like, you like photographing sport. You said one other thing as well. Sorry, because I'm still music. thinking about... Music. Music. Music, okay, yeah. and and what what sort of bands have you photographed? Um, it's mostly local Liverpool bands, mm-hmm. uh, but there's been some kind of there's been some mainstream ones as well, like Manic Street Preachers. Mm-hmm. I've done them. Um, White Lies, I've done wow. them as well. Well, these big names. Yeah, well, there's only a couple, but they're mostly local bands. Uh, I photographed for a local, well, two local. Um, Liverpool music magazine, online magazines. Okay, so that, that's a good gig. So you're in the you're in the pit. Um, what what's yeah. your chosen weapon photographically? Well, I primarily shoot Fuji. Okay. Um, in the past, it's been Canon. Still mm-hmm. got a Canon camera. But there you go. Can't let go. Um, I tend to use the X H one and the X T three, but I do have an X T two as well, an X Pro two. Uh, and and, yes, and what do you find it's like in in you know? I know there's stage lights, but there's always going to be areas of that stage which which aren't so blessed with light. How do you find yeah. the X T three works for you in that in those situations? It's really good, especially. I mean, I've go to some clubs and there's next to no light. It's almost darkness, and mm. so I have to take along the fifty six point one point two and uh, 16 1.4 56 1 2 is a, is, is a tremendous bit of glass but is it quick enough for you with with what you want yes because the bands don't tend to move around very much yeah <laughs> it's tend to like stand there and scream so um <laughs> so yeah it's it's good enough for me i, I tend to shoot manual anyway right okay uh, fully manual 
fully fully manual. Blimey, you're a brave man then. Fully manual in the dark. Yeah, I mean, I've been photographing for about 34 years okay. now. You know what you're doing. Yeah, I've been there before. Have you ever had any dodgy moments? Um, I've, I got told off by somebody last time I'd done it. Did you? Uh, got told off by, I think, one of the crew of the band. Why? Because he said, three pictures, uh, three songs only, three songs only. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great. I was out the pit. I was actually in the stands, away from them, and he still come running after me. You're joking. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I know what you mean about that three, because they have a three songs. It's not always three songs, but it's, it's invariably three songs rule, isn't it? Yeah, it but, is. And, but, you know, I tend to stick to it because I, I, I want to come back again. I want to be invited back again. Yeah, you just know that it's going to come back to haunt you, don't you? Yeah. All right, so look, we've got a random question for you. I'm going I'm I'm, I'm to run this randomise around. Here we go. Let's see what it comes up with. Da, 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 da. Right, okay. First camera you ever owned? Pratica MTL5L. Do you still have it? No, I wish it did. Oh, John, you should still have that camera. It, yeah, it broke on me. It totally fell apart. Oh, it, so. should, it should be in a glass cabinet somewhere. Um, however, saying that, I've got one of my dad's old ones from the 50s. Oh, right. What's that? Hang on. I can never remember the name of it. Just grab it. Hang Go on. on, grab it. It is an Italian camera. Okay. It's uh, Benici. Benici. Coral Benici. Yeah. A 120 film camera. There we go. Another proper camera. There you go. Lovely. But I've still got my original Canon film camera, Uh, which was an EOS 100. I'm glad you kept one of them. John, thank you very much for your time, and good luck with the good luck with the music um, photography, and and and, uh, and good luck for another top red season as well. Tell me about it. Thanks very much. <laughs> Next, we go to Finland. Thomas, Mitakulu. Um, oh, awesome, Mitakulu. Who that? Thank is, you. That is about it. <laughs> it doesn't go much further than that. Yeah, I mean, I've I've done all right to do that, and I've done all right to say Thomas, but I can't pronounce your surname, and I do apologise. So help me here. No, it's Mikolainen. It's the well, full name. Yeah. Okay. So, right, yeah. Yeah. No, don't worry about it. No, no, no. I do worry about it because I, I'm 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 not not even vaguely. I'm I'm extremely embarrassed about the fact that the Brits are rubbish no, when it no, comes no. to. No, no. So, but man, mind you, uh, there's not a lot of call to learn Finnish uh, around my way, <laughs> in, <laughs> yeah. in, in particular. But but I've got, I've got it. Now um, I know, I know this because um, uh, you you are the nation of um, of the sauna, and I know this because I was listening to something on Joe Rogan recently. who said if you if you talk to anybody Finnish, they they have at least three or four, perhaps even five saunas in a week. That's why they are so fit. Yeah, I just came. No. <laughs> Just like actually, when you send me the "Are you ready?" text, I just put on my clothes and now I'm. In a, <laughs> no, you really were in the sauna. Like... Oh, unbelievable! <laughs> so, what are the health benefits then? I guess it gets you blood running <laughs> at least. Yeah, but I I'd say that's it. <laughs> like I I don't know. Like, it's 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 lazy person's exercise. I'm told because it yeah, actually raises like your it, like it raises your um your your heart rate quite considerably. And if you stay yeah. in for about half an hour, you can burn something like 300 calories, I heard. Is that true? Maybe. I've never measured. Like, I, I have never thought about it. Like, it's just for just for fun and yeah. just for, like, relaxation, I guess. Yeah. Oh, there we go. So, Finland. Um, I know nothing about the photographic industry in Finland. So, you're going to have to help me here. How buoyant it is, what seem to be the, the genres that are working really well. Tell me about your photography and, and where that fits into the, the Finnish market. Yeah, my photography is mostly about weddings and, uh, yeah, weddings and some business clients also here and there, but usually most weddings. I mean, obviously, everything has scale, but. In terms yeah. of, of of the wedding industry, you probably have heard us talk about this on the podcast, and you'll hear Americans and Canadians talk about this as well. That that it that it's it's a very competitive field now. Is that the same in Finland? I, I'm not sure if this is the like the right word, but the, like saturated, you yeah. know, like, it's really vast, and there's always always someone charging more and charging less, and it's it's kind of similar kind of struggles here and i'd say that there's like 10 to 15 really 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 popular and good one good ones here like wedding photographers mm. i'm not part of them but i'm getting there getting up there i guess so yeah what i what i concentrate on is really like my social skills and really kind of developing the whole customer exp- experience and the actual photography being a photographer like being taken photos of like that kind of experience that's really interesting because uh, you wouldn't find many people thomas saying 
that they're concentrating upon their social skills uh that 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 you know the, con- the you know yeah. the conversion battle that way that's that's interesting that you're looking at that as as perhaps the primary focus of how you're going to improve your business yeah like actually i think kevin mentions this quite often actually that there's always someone taking better photos and always someone someone better in general and so why kind of why fight it in a way like i know that someone's taking better pictures than me but Mm. is the like the customer experience better maybe not and and with regard to what you shoot with um are you a fujifilm shooter because you don't have to be but but um but are you yeah i am i am and what what are your favorite favorite bodies xt3 and xt2 like i started with xt2 i owned xt1 for a couple of months and then upgraded it xt2 and now about a year and a half later i have xt3 and xt2 never been an yeah. x pro 2 shooter at all or x pro 1 no I, I don't know why i've actually like just thought about it yesterday like why why did i even i don't know like people really are fun to the fun to their x pro 2s here and just the price of a new is hmm. quite steep for how old it is but, yeah 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 i don't know Right, I've got a, a random. Are you ready for a random question? Always. So uh, <laughs> here comes our randomizer. Let's see what it lands on. Ah, right, most. Now this is a good one for you because Finland okay. is a beautiful country from the pictures I've seen. I'm yet to go visit. Closest I've got to you is Norway. I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. Yeah. Most amazing location that you photographed. I don't know, like in a, for for foreigners, for not Finnish people, I guess the lakes and just yeah. there's so much lakes and nature and forests. So maybe those are always a good choice to go. Do you go take in. it? I suppose you you pass these things every day and you just take it for granted. Yeah, you, yeah. Like I, we're talking, we've been talking this with my fellow fo- photographers that there's always like even when even in our like just the backyard there's always like a good good place to go and oh, shoot yeah. but you, you never do because do you do you have the good. um the northern lights as well are you f- are you far up um for the uh, northern lights? i am actually quite south quite, you're quite south. south so it's not yeah, going to affect you yeah, then is it no. there's, always, there's also like northern lights but mainly in the winter time yeah yeah but when yeah. you go up north there's there's plenty of them well, Thomas, it's been really good to talk to you. Thank you for for making some time and 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 joining with with our, with our little feature here, getting to know a few yeah, no, thank a you. few yeah. of the Fu- Fuji cast friends and and listeners. It's been great talking to you. And um, Finland is another one of those ones on my list, Thomas. It's there, just waiting for the tick, just waiting for the tick. <laughs> awesome to hear. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Finally, we've got Joe. Joe Jocelyn, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Good. Um, now we know of you a bit because um, you've been quite active in. The, the Facebook group. We've heard from you on email and stuff. But uh, for those that uh, I don't know why they wouldn't know you, Joe. But for those that don't, you, you've got to tell us the genre you, you prefer, what you're doing, all, all about your photo business. So my main business is documentary wedding photography. Um, I just try and keep it as simple as I can, really. Are you completely documentary? Have you managed to to steer the yeah. business completely documentary, or, or are you having to do you know that little, as I call it, half hour holiday? I tend to get away with it most of the time. Um, I've been quite lucky and attracted the clients that actually want what I'm offering, as opposed to wanting the, you know, as I said, hour long portrait session, which isn't really something that I enjoy doing. You know, I can do it, I will do it, but it's not something that I enjoy to do too much. How have you attracted clients that that understand your your desire for the way you want to work? I think it's just down to kind of. As Kevin suggested to me a long time ago, is just uh, kind of show what you want to do. If you're going to show portraits, then people are going to want to book you for portraits. Mm. Now, you mentioned Kevin. Um, you're not allowed to say he's the only one that's inspired you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's but, just that I've known... Um, you've known of Kevin, yeah. Well, what about other photographers that you follow? I remember when I, I started shooting weddings in the style I enjoyed, for mm. me, I know we've mentioned his name a few times, in the UK, uh, it was definitely Jeff Askoff. And actually, um, Joe Busink as well from, from America. Yeah. I, lo- I loved yeah. his approach. And I loved him as a person, actually, the way 
the yeah, way he's very the entertaining. Way he is. Yeah, he um, is. Have you have you seen Joe talk? Yes, uh, not in person, only on on YouTube things. Yeah, have you ever got a chance to see him talk live? I'm, I mean, man, you <laughs> at the end of it, you were like, I want to be like like Joe. So who's who has inspired you apart from? Apart from Kev, any, anybody in the wedding industry in this country? So when I first started, or, or very early on, um, I became quite close with a, a fellow called Steve Wood. I don't know if you know I Steve. I do, yes. Yeah. Um, Didn't Steve used to be in the military? Yes, that's right. He's good friends with Giles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve Wood. Yes, of course I know Steve. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I worked with him for quite a while and, you know, we we'd shot quite a few weddings together. And, yeah, he was, he was just there kind of mentoring and encouraging me to keep at it and yeah. you know keep doing exactly the way I'm doing it and kind of not falter and, and give in to doing whatever it is anyone else wants me to do. Now I know Steve because we used to lock antlers about uh, about uh, <laughs> F- Fujifilm cameras and <laughs> he'd, he'd regularly throw sorry Steve if you're listening but he would throw his toys out the pram a bit when it when it came to Fujifilm um, but you're a, you're a Fujifilm shooter or are, are you I'd better check that um i am for weddings yep uh when it comes to food photography which is my second passion um i'm shooting with nikon and the food photography is that is that going well as a business it's hard work because it's kind of like starting from scratch all over again yeah um so you know it's it's in the early days but it's doing well you know i'm booking in more and more jobs and getting to explore and and just really learn how are you marketing yourself in in the food business um it's mostly through who you know i suppose you know i started off because uh, an old friend of mine was a head chef at a restaurant and he said oh can you come and do some work take some photos and i was like uh yeah okay yeah. sure yeah. yeah why not and then it just kind of went from there and you know he would recommend me to people and then i ended up having a bit of a residency at a restaurant now in kent um that's award-winning from the chefs to the restaurant itself and how are you how are you shooting the food are you, are you is it is it is it the actual food or are we talking about um putting castrol G, gtx or whatever <laughs> that stuff when you want when you want to have caramel or, or whatever those other tricks are that people do yeah yeah no it is it is all the the genuine the real deal food can be a difficult thing to photograph because um, you know plates are reflective um things yeah. are very diff- sometimes it's very difficult to make uh, it look three-dimensional without you know coming up and then you can see too much of a table and what are the tricks of your trade uh reflectors uh are one of the best things that i really invested in is having a good soft box and a reflector just to bounce back and just really understand how the light works and do you go into you know we, we've talked about this before you know i like going into the kitchens um yeah. at, at weddings yeah. and, and photographing the chef do you do that as well, or is it a bit of a bus, yeah, busman's holiday now? <laughs> you do? Um, yeah, there's, there's been a couple of places that I haven't done that, but um, no, quite a lot of the time they're quite happy for me to do that. And yeah. kind of, you know, the whole part of that, that's my documentary side of me coming through, it kind of tells the story from the start to finish. Yeah. As I said, with uh, the restaurant in Kent, um, they grow all of their own food. They've got their own pigs and chickens, etc. So, it kind of, you tell the story from from, wow. from the farm to the table. So, wow. no, that that well, that that's a, a good deal further than just photographing in the kitchen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's give you one of these uh, random questions. Are you ready for it? Sure. We're going to spin the wheel and see what, see what happens here. All right. Somebody you'd like to make a portrait of. Okay. So, I'm. I'm We'll we'll make it a dead or alive. Well, obviously they're going to be alive, but somebody from the past um, is just as appropriate as an answer here. Yeah, no, that's that's a really simple one for me. I'd love to photograph Michael Caine. Why Michael? I just think he's got such a fantastic character about him. Yeah. I think he's someone that probably doesn't need to do too much to make a great photograph. I think he's somebody that wouldn't mind being photographed as well. You know how yeah. s- some yeah. some uh, celebs can be a bit, oh, you want to take my photo? Go on then. I, th- I think he'd probably, he seems the kind of guy to me that would make you feel at ease. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Well, really, it should be the other way around, I know. But, but <laughs> I, think, I think when you're dealing with someone like Michael Caine. Well, look, Joe, great great to chat to you. Thank you very much for making the time. And, uh, and, and I'm fascinated about the food business. And we should talk more about that one day. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Cheers, Joe. See you later. It's been great fun um, hearing your stories and how you work and, and, and about your business over the last three weeks of, of doing this different kind of midway interview. Back to normal next week. Uh, we'll have... Uh, 
Kevin the studio, interview in the middle, and then Kevin the studio again with, with myself. So before we go to the questions, let's let's talk about what's happened with um, X Weddings because there's been a slight change, but nothing that really should affect anybody too much. No, uh, it shouldn't affect anybody really, apart from me and my sanity um, and Gemma's sanity, of course. So while we were here in Spain, we had a well. Let's backtrack a little bit. The original X Weddings conference last year was in June. And we planned to have it in June 2019. So we had it in June 2018 and we were going to have it in June 2019. And I spoke to the Hilton many, many times and they said, well, we can't do it in June because we are going to be doing a renovation. And it's going to be a major renovation and it will be done over the summer um, and it will be completed by September. Now, so that's why we moved it to November, which is fine. And uh, I subsequently had a, an email phone call from the Hilton. And in fairness to the Hilton, they have been amazing at trying to help me resolve this problem. So I'm not, I'm not portioning any blame on them whatsoever. Um, it's, it's to do with contractors and things like that with the construction. But the construction is not going to start until September. Uh, which And it's going to go through to February, I think, 2020. So, of course, they can't host the conference. Um, cue me throwing my surveyor on the floor and Gemma saying, it will be fine, it will be fine. Well, I do remember that text I had. Um, oh, man. I think I, I was in a restaurant and I had this text. I said, oh. Um, yeah, that's, that's roughly what I said, but with a lot of other words around it. Um, anyway, to cut a very long story short and what took a week to organise, we have now, with the, with the, with the help of the Hilton and uh, with the help of the Apex Hotel, which is a brand new hotel in the centre of Bath and probably much nicer, got a lovely swimming pool and it's more central, etc. The conference will now be at the Apex Hotel, right in the centre of Bath. It's still in Bath. There's no real change for anybody. There's no change to the schedule or anything like that. Just a slightly different location, two minutes down the road. And um, yeah, I'll be balder than usual, and uh, <laughs> a little, a little more stressed. Um, but yeah, all good. And uh, so that's that's the, that's the main thing. That's yeah. the main thing that we've we've uh, we've changed. We've changed location, um, but it's all good. And I'm really looking forward to it. Actually, we've got um, we've only got about ten tickets left now for the keynote. Date. Only ten. So, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, thereabouts. So there is options for increasing it at the apex but you know like i said we we you know we've got a target and 10 is is getting down we're you know we're we're, we're, we're clicking through um so like i said don't well, it's still i think it's something like 81 days to go but mm-hmm. if, if you are planning on coming i honestly recommend you don't leave it too late appreciate that you know it's um you've got organized accommodation and various things like that if you are not local um, we've still got a couple of tickets left for Voita on his workshop on the 14th and we still have a handful of tickets yeah. for your workshop on the 14th as well um, but yeah it's good it's, uh, I'm really looking forward to it we've got Fujifilm uh, UK are coming and they told me yesterday or this week sometime that they are going to be doing a hire a camera loan scheme there which oh. means that you'll be able to turn up and hire something from hire a camera for two weeks from from there basically and, and and kind of have the gear for two weeks and via the hire a camera scheme i have no idea in terms of pricing or anything like that but hire a camera very, I, I hire all my stuff through hire a camera yeah, me too. and fujifilm are an official kind of partner with them so if you want to get your hands on any new gear that might be around that time um you know you, you never know what's what's uh what's happening then uh, that might be your opportunity and they're going to be there they'll be there with a full product stock uh london camera exchange are going to be there as well even though they're based in bath they're called london camera exchange yeah, yeah. um so if you want to buy something there will be cameras there for sale we're also uh hoping to have Jorgensen albums there with a full set of albums and various other things uh x-right photo have thrown in a couple of prizes for us to give away um i'm hoping to get some stuff from alien skin as well um maybe some free versions of their software and they promised me a whole load of t-shirts very american so um hopefully they'll come through and various other bits and pieces the goodie bag and um most importantly the speakers i've just looked at the apex hotel looks amazing so it does doesn't it i might not actually come to the conference because i've got a hot tub <laughs> there we go. We want to hold the conference in the hot tub. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm I'm actually quite serious about that. <laughs> you can treat that as your the end of your Where, holiday. Where's Kev? Yeah. He's in the hot tub <laughs> with Lee Glasgow. He's always in the hot tub. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, I won't get into that. <laughs> right, you you've got a question. I've got one from Ben. Um, ben Gillett. I'm not sure if it's Gillett or Gillett. It might even be Gillet. Who knows? Um, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll go with Gillet because I, that sounds very yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's actually going to be at the conference. He's going to be doing some filming for us. Yes, um, Ben much. Gillet. Let's go with Ben Gillet. Yes. <laughs> um, hi guys. Uh, Kevin has mentioned in passing that certain focal lengths allowed for better layering of the image. Perhaps you could both expand on this a bit and to describe the uh, to describe your style and possible uh, through links to specific images. What is meant by layering? Is it just having foreground and background? composed around a subject how do certain focal lengths add this which are good for this etc etc i um, was using the x100f on um, my week um, uh, and a bit in croatia and um, i was uh, playing around with a layering concept with the x100 um, because usually I, I i guess when it comes to layering and, and and putting stuff in foreground and background i mean i always love the way york york studios do it i mean they they are they are gifted in the in the layering department, and I was doing the same kind of thing with the X100F, where I, you know, purposely have somebody in the foreground who was really quite interesting, maybe doing something interesting um, as well, but um, actually the fo- the focus of the shot being what's behind them, and I don't mean a long way behind them, just a little bit um, behind them, and I, I I quite like working with uh, with layering that way, and that that's particularly good when you're working at weddings. Uh, um, because of course there's so much going on all the time. Tends to, for me, layering tends to be something that's either mid or background being in focus because you're trying to create the layer. And if your eye is initially drawn right to the foreground, I'm not sure that layering um, process works as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you're right, York Place do do that amazingly well. Um, Dom and Liam. The yeah, I mean, layering can can be multiple things. I think in my mind, the way that they do it and the way that you do it as well. I've seen it in your work, and the way that I do it to a certain extent is is just like that. You have a maybe a larger element at the front that's that's kind of at the focus. You might be shooting at f five point six or something, um, and then your main kind of story, if you like, is in the background. However, what what I would say about kind of real proper technical layering if you like is maybe something like f8 uh like we said just imagine you're in in croatia still um did i mention i'm still in spain (laughs) (laughs) um and uh you you know you're you're trying to get uh, at a wider aperture you're trying to get as much information into the scene as possible and where this becomes really tricky for me and where you can really understand a, a good picture, if you read a good picture, is they take into account the edges of the frame. And the edges of the frame are something that most yes. people ignore. Um, it's mostly about, right, it's a snapshot. I need to get that main thing in focus and in the middle or whatever it is, and actually don't think about the edges. Now, one of the challenges I give people on my street photography workshops is to shoot at a wide aperture like F8 and go and get a series of images where there's no overlap of any subject. So let's just say five people, got five people, and they're not overlapping in any way, shape, or form in the frame. So they can be 10 feet behind each other, in front of each other, et cetera, et cetera, but there's no overlap. And that includes having broken edges. So if anything is a tree or a car or something is breaking through the boundary of the, of the border, sorry, the edge of the frame, then that's that's going to break up the composition. Mm. Um, and you can look at, especially if you look at the Magnum website, you know, a lot of people look at the Magnum pictures and, and, and you know, naively will say, huh, anybody can take a picture like that. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you read that picture and you look at the edges especially, you'll see that there's been a lot of thought into the, the structure of the picture before the button has been pressed. Mm. Um, and again, going back to this overshooting thing that we're all guilty of, I think that we, you know a lot of us think less of that than, than we should do. A good picture, a good layered picture is edge to edge, front to back, and you know what happens in, inside has to be a good story, and then you've got a layered picture. Um, this one's from Steve from New Zealand. Steve from New Zealand. Um, I would have had your surname had I remember to print it here so apologies hi guys steve from new zealand here there must be more steves there i'm sure love the podcast recently attended one of kev's photo walks in bristol did he come from new zealand do you remember that uh, steve yeah I, there was a kiwi there but i I, th- I thought he was yeah no i think he was traveling at the time yeah all right okay steve. Yeah. my question is how do you go about putting a walk together what for you is the ideal number of attendees and if you could put together a walk anywhere in the world where would it be we'll come back to that one 
Um, but um, cert- certainly putting a walk together. <laughs> See, I thought about this a little bit for Brighton because I was thinking, if this 30, it might be a bit unwieldy. Would you put it in two groups or three groups? Now, you, you do this a lot because you do street workshops, so you know how to do this, Kev. What's your, what's your suggestion? Well, I think the difference between a workshop and a photo walk is that literally a photo walk is, you know, a, a social exercise with friends, wandering around, taking pictures, chatting, you know, asking questions, etc. Whereas a workshop is very much based on, or certainly my workshops are very much based on exercises and education. So I don't have more than five people on my workshops. I think when Fujifilm UK organise them, they have 10 people. Um, but my personal workshops are no more than five people. And that works much better for me from an educational point of view. And, um, you know, I think for the attendees as well, it's, it's much better for them. But a photo walk in the traditional sense mm. is, is, you know, is literally a handful of people just kind of with, a, with an interest, getting together, social side to it, and, and off you go. I guess this is what we did when we went walking with um, Patrick and Facundo in, in Brighton last year. I mean, that was a photo walk, wasn't it? We just we kind yeah. of meandered. And what did we do? We, we, we went to Brighton, we went for a walk, yeah, we fish did. and chips, yeah. and then we went back to Marjorie and had a curry. <laughs> That's it. Perfect. Perfect day. Yeah. Perfect there's day. A theme of, there's a theme approaching it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that when we were in Brighton that time, that definitely was the thing that sowed the seed, wasn't it? Because I remember saying to you that day, Oh, we should come here. Just we were just thinking the two of us at a time, yeah. uh, you know, and shoot. Well, we didn't have a podcast place. at that point, did we? We didn't have a podcast, no. so at that point, it was no, just an no, idea no. for the two of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and now, of course, uh, Brighton's a great place. You know, it's it's an amazing place. Uh, there's a lot to see, a lot to do, and I think um, you know what what we'll probably do for the Brighton photo walk is give people uh, a, a rough route that we'll probably take. Um, and you know, and we'll say that at X o'clock we will aim to meet here. If people get lost or decide, you know, some people may yeah. want to go and buy. Yeah, Steve Vaughan, he's going to be in the vinyl record shops all day long, isn't he? He's not <laughs> interested in coming to talk to us. <laughs> you know, other people might be more interested in. You know, if there's a, a if there's a break off group that want to go and do some Martin Pard on the beach, then so be it. You know, yeah. and. And we'll so, catch up and, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll just have fun. So with Steve from New Zealand's question here, how do, how do you go putting a walk together? That's kind of it, isn't it, really? But but I, I, I guess also, Steve, maybe if you have a Facebook group, um, just put the idea out there that you want to meet up at X and that's the way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you as long as, you, as, long as you've got access to people who are interested in similar things, and, then you'll get people there. Obviously, days, times, weathers, all, weather, all that kind of stuff uh, makes a big difference. You know, now that Wales are number one in the world rugby and New Zealand are no longer number one in world rugby, then perhaps <laughs> you want to leave the rugby element out of the board. Stop course. it, stop it. What's the ideal number of people, a number of attendees? What do you think? On a photo walk, honestly, I think it didn't. Um, oh, Sean Tucker actually um, uh, has quite large numbers when he does his photo walks. Sean does them, but I was thinking more about um, uh, who's the uh, the Lightroom guy, um, Kelby Scott Kelby. He organised those worldwide photo walks, didn't he? Yes, he and, did. Yeah. Um, and they were huge. Like every city had one and they were huge. I think Michael Schilling organized the London one. And, um, it, you know, there were like 600 people turn up. Um, but, you you know, you do have to be a little bit careful because if you have a large gathering of people, then you have to talk to the mm. uh, the council and various things like that. And, mm. you know, so I'm sure it'd be fine. We're, we, I, I reckon we'll end up with somewhere between 20 and 200 people <laughs> <laughs> if you could put together to, just steve's last point of this if you could put together a walk anywhere in the world where would it be I'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna go a bit bit obvious with this and and because i really like new york and i like mm-hmm. manhattan i'd choose there sydney would definitely be a place i'd choose a photo walk on one of the islands in the harbor i i think probably for me tokyo but again only because it's it's somewhere that i've been a few times and i love it and it's different to places i see all the time yeah. Yeah. But we went to Granada while we were here, and um, Granada's a beautiful place. Really, really small, but everything is there. Very old. Very um, you have the Alhambra uh, castle there, and it's very um, Moroccan, and yeah, it's an amazing place. That'd be a cool place to walk. So, last question then. Okay, I've got one from Peter Johnson. He says, "Hi Neil and Kevin. Uh, not sure if this has been brought up before, and actually, I think it has, but it's, it's a worthwhile subject to chat about. But do other of you suffer, suffer from anxiety before a wedding, the day before, the week before, leading up to the wedding day? How do you cope, and what advice can you give to put those nerves and anxiety idea uh, as, those anxieties aside? Thanks for help, and keep up the good work." 
So we have talked about that. We have, yeah, a few and times. recently as well. I remember Jeff Askoff talking about this on one of his um, one of his workshops, and, and being very surprised that somebody is. Lauded as uh, as um, as is that John Cicada just walked into the room? Oh, that's Brian. <laughs> Brian, okay, <laughs> Brian Cicada. Right? Uh, where were we? Uh, yeah, I always thought it was amazing when when Jeff was quite honest, um, Jeff Askoff, and I, you know, he 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 is a, a forefather of, of of documentary wedding work, certainly in the UK. Um, that he said he suffered from um, not so much a, well, a, a certain amount of anxiety, and he couldn't actually start you know his day had to he just had to press that shutter button once and he was away and then the anxiety yeah. was gone then all those feelings of will i get it will, will i not will there be enough pictures here today for, for me to to grab will there be enough moments and it was that one shutter moment and i i feel a very similar sense that um when you turn up sometimes you're you're in that not not quite for me imposter syndrome because I, I don't suffer so much from this but i know a lot of people do suffer from the am i am i going to be good enough or am i kidding um, maybe one day I'll be found out. Maybe it's just my best shots on the website. They're the only things they like. But then when you press that first shutter button, it's like, whoo, now we can just relax and get on with it. Yeah, no, I agree. And and for me, it's the same. I, for me, my, my biggest anxiety is that I've got the right day and time and place. And so when I, I ring on the doorbell in the morning and... I see somebody with, uh, you know, their hair and curlers. I think, yeah, this looks like a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Travel anxieties are a very real thing. Um, yeah. and, oh, I'm, um, I'm at a wedding a good two, three hours early, mostly. Yeah, I know you are. Often when you're working in London, you're, you're, you're able to go for, you know, a, yeah. a sit-down meal before you start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm terrible for it. Terrible. Well, thank you for your question and and all your other questions. Next week, Kev is uh, is back in the back in the studio, so um, you're you're going to be here, just sat opposite me. Yeah, I look forward to seeing your smiley face all over again, Kev. Are you looking? For, are you, are you, the start of the month. It'll be the start of the month, so I'll be I'll be I'll have some spare smiles. Well, yeah, don't use them all up though, because uh, we need some uh, for the Brighton for the Brighton oh, yeah. do. Um, yeah. Right, we got some. Uh, we got some payoffs. I'll I'll do mine first because you've actually got one. You've been at work, so uh, let let me do. I'm going to use Thomas for mine. My dad's Instagram is Neil James. See his films on YouTube at Neil James Photo. His website is neiljames.com for pictures and one-to-one mentoring. And you can hear his other photography podcast, which is called Breathe Pictures, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and don't forget his name is spelled N-E-A-L-E. Now, Kev, you mentioned Granada. That's where you got your your guest one, isn't it? I have, yeah. Um... So tell, tell me about <laughs> no. them. Before I press the button, tell me about them. Uh, well, it's uh, a woman... Her name is Clara, I think. Oh, right. um, that's it. That's all I know, really. I just stopped. Is she said, Spanish? Clara? Is that Spanish? Yeah. Okay. Clara. Yeah, I think that's Spanish for Claire. Here's Spanish Clara. Hola, me llamo Clara. Estoy aquí en Granada con Kevin y su preciosa familia. Y no sé quién es, pero me he dicho que tengo que decir que kevinmalensphotography.co.uk so see you in the uh, see you in Blighty next week, Kev. Have a safe flight home, and um, and and don't forget, uh, make sure that um, with with ten tickets to go on X weddings, that you 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 are a part of that action. Absolutely. Cheers. Hasta luego. Hasta luego. Go grab that beer. Yeah.